Welcome to the Three Questions Podcast. We take questions from our church family and do our best to answer them from a biblical worldview. All of us get the privilege to serve the Lord's Church here locally at Southern Hills Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. Doug Melton is our lead pastor. Randy Whittall is our pastor of missions and evangelism. Jeremy Johnson is our pastor of media and community outreach. My name is Daniel Snow, and I get to be pastor of discipleship and young adults. The questions can be turned in and, and are turned in in at least three different ways. You could text 505-258-2076, or you could go to the website, myshbc.com slash contact, or you could email three questions podcast at myshbc.com and that's with the number three at the beginning the questions are always kept anonymous and um, guys it's football season and I, I don't really want to go into a whole lot of our local football because <laughs> let's it's, not. It's, it's let's just, do. Let's, let's do. not. Let's just not. But I will dun, say dun, dun, the Tennessee dun. victory oh this my. weekend over Alabama was major. Reminded us why we watch college football. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because seriously, I, I, I had actually lost a little bit of interest <laughs> until Saturday, yeah. and with uh, the Tennessee win, just it is exciting right. to watch that. Well, right, and even though my my Cowboys took it on the chin in the end, I mean. A game that goes into double overtime yeah, is just right. is just exciting. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and Randy, I do want you to know that on that first whenever the first overtime, mm-hmm. whenever on fourth and nine to complete that pass all the way down to about the one yard line, honestly, I thought if they make a touchdown, Gundy needs to go for two. I did too. I was exactly. I really I wanted him, him to go mm-hmm. for go, two. For, go mm-hmm. for it. Gundy will never go for two. Boomer sooner, baby. <laughs> Boomer sooner. I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm forty years old. <laughs> Wait, I'm a man and a half. <laughs> oh, I did. Times, I did find out though that Mike Gundy does dye his hair. Oh, that wow. is one thing I did find out um, listening to a podcast. Fun fact. Wow. Fun fact for you, Oklahoma State fans. The luscious <laughs> hair is not real. <laughs> oh, okay. And on that topic, I mean, that's really the perfect seg- segue. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Are you, guys, are you guys really sure you want to leave the Big 12? I'm not. I mean, come on. Okay. Here we go. Question number one. Will the rapture be pre, mid, or post-tribulation? And I'm going to read the rest of the question the way it was turned in. So will the rapture be pre, mid, or post-tribulation? I've heard Nathan's thoughts. I would like to hear others as well. You know, I mean. <laughs> Thanks for coming out, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard Nathan's thoughts. Would somebody actually give me some real information here? And, and listen, I'm sure they're coming from the standpoint of Nathan gave the exhaustive answer. That I'm, just I'm really sure that's true. right, right. Covered it. Absolutely. I would just like to hear yeah. someone else what, what they thought. Can you bring it to us in a youth pastor form, please? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Guys, I, I've, I'm going to lean towards pre. Uh, part of that is as a young uh, kid growing up at First Seminole, the pastor there strongly, I mean, he was historic pre-millennial. I mean, he was the full. And so that's the way I heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I believe that it's kind of influenced my thinking on it over the years. I have studied it on my own. Um, a part of me, I, I come back to being a pan-millennialist, which is it's all going to pan out in the end. <laughs> uh, need a rim shot there from you, Jeremy, if you can throw that in. I mean, the hits just keep coming. Yeah, but but I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but there's a little bit of truth to it. I Yes, I, I probably lean towards pre, but it's going to be fine yeah. either way. But that's that's where I would lean. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I'll I'll lean towards pre. Um, part of my reasoning is the just several verses where Paul writes the Thessalonians, and again later when and uh, uh, when John's writing Revelations, and he talks about the Church of Philadelphia and a few others, and he says, you know, that God will save you from the day of wrath, or you were not created for the days of wrath, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and understanding that some people could mean that to be the final yeah, judgment day. Right. Uh, but, you know, the, the Revelation talks about in the trib time, they're going to pour out the bowls of wrath and things like that. So I sort of lean that way, along with the fact that you have other, you know, biblical stories, a lot such as Noah or Lot or something like that, where where God tends to protect his people from a, from a, a wrathful judgment on on a sinful on sinful world or sinful behavior or sinful peoples and so I I think I, I tend to to lean that way as well that um, that will the church will be taken out prior to that seven years of, of tribulation yeah yeah gotcha and I'm gonna buck the system or just have a different view and uh and that would be a post-tribulation view because for me i'm one of those strange people that kind of has the ah millennial view that um that we are in the last days right now um and have been ever since jesus first came until he comes again wait did you believe that before the texas ou game this year (laughs) right that only confirmed (laughs) that we are in the last days and so so that with that that viewpoint basically the idea is that we're we're in the last days right now and we're in the millennium right now including tribulation, which will only intensify before the end. And that Jesus' second coming and what we would call the rapture are the same event. Like it all happens at once um, when we are, when he returns and when we meet him in the air and are changed. Um, But like you guys have said, I hold that loosely because, man, I could absolutely be wrong. And and it's just not a gospel issue and and however this does play out is exactly the way the lord's going to want it to and by not being a gospel issue we we want to understand it doesn't it doesn't change that jesus is the only way yeah. to be saved that's what we mean by it's not a gospel mm-hmm. issue obviously it it's all a part of god's workings yeah yeah right. but it doesn't change what jesus christ did on the cross the substitutionary death, the atoning death that he did, it doesn't change that one bit, whether it's pre, post, mid, whatever. Right. Yeah. right. What it does do, though, is it does remind us that God set in motion a plan a long time ago that is going to culminate. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, every day we wake up, whether, like I said, tomorrow's the last day or it's a thousand years from now, 
every day we are inching closer towards a day when God is going to bring all things to an end. Mm-hmm. And we as believers, whether we believe the church is going out before, in the middle of, or after, our only job isn't to worry about that. Our job is to do everything we can to make sure everybody gets a chance to hear the gospel and to respond uh, to, to trust and follow Jesus Christ before that before that last day when ev- when when there is when it's all over when it's yeah. when when everything comes to that end yeah and even though it's foggy to us and I think if I think if we're honest we would all say it is a little bit foggy I mean the way the Lord left it in Scripture is I don't maybe foggy is not the best word that's the word I like to use. He could have made it so crystal clear if he wanted to. Could have given us names right. and dates, um, but he did this way on purpose, and so so we are to continue moving forward in faithfulness until his timing comes. Yeah, in Acts chapter one, whenever the disciples said, "So when is all this going to happen?" He's, "Don't worry about that." Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to paraphrase. Don't worry about that. You be my witnesses. That's right. Yeah. 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 As a matter of fact, the poster, Randy, one of our missions posters. Yes. Yeah. The poster, we have the posters that uh, are in the restrooms. Uh, we have mm. one of them that says, uh, most of the church is concerned about the second coming when half the world has yet to hear about the first coming. That's a really and, great quote. It is. It is. And, so, and, yeah. and, and it's unfortunately true. In fact, here's an interesting little tidbit I saw the other day. November 15th. So what is that? Just three Be weeks. A couple of months from now. Yeah. Okay. And oh, I'm sorry. A couple I'm a few I'm weeks. A, yeah. A few weeks from mm-hmm. now, the UN, whatever section of the UN what looks at world population, says November 15th of this year, at some point, somewhere in the world, a child will be born, which will be the eight billionth inhabitant of the earth. The world's population is mm. going to cross eight billion hmm. people in about two weeks. Wow! And still, more than half of them have not ever heard of Jesus. Yeah, and that is what we need to be worried about more mm-hmm. so than yeah than a lot good. of these other things. It's a great point. <laughs> One last thing I'll throw in there, as far as perspective wise, is that you know sometimes we do say, well, surely the Lord wouldn't want His people to walk through tribulation and and hardship. And I think we have brothers and sisters in the persecuted church around the world that would say, what, what, um, like we're, we're in it right now. Like we're going, he's, he, according to his will is, has called us to walk through hardship. Mm-hmm. And so we can't have whatever our view is. We can't just have the mindset that surely the Lord would never want his people to walk through hard things because historically he has even today. Right. And, well, and if, Peter, Peter said, if you follow Christ, you will suffer. Mm-hmm. No. That's exactly right. I think, in fact, I think the abundance of the New Testament tells us if you are really a true believer, expect to go through hardship, mm-hmm. expect to face persecution. I think, uh, I think this is a fairly new, as far as time goes, uh, a fairly new theological idea that faithfulness means security mm-hmm. and protection from yeah. harm. Yeah. And that is not the case. In fact, throughout most of most of the uh, the the Bible and most of the New Testament period, faithfulness has usually brought 
persecution and and suffering and imprisonment and beatings and death. Yep, exactly right. Okay, second question. As a Christian, should I be involved in things that might be considered political, such as racial injustice, abortion, marriage redefinition, etc.? Absolutely. We are we are to be involved in everything that Scripture addresses. And so this is the one thing I would say is to differentiate between being involved in something for political motives and being involved in something because of scriptural gospel motives. Mm-hmm. You know, our our involvement in the abortion issue is not about who has rights over whose body. It's about the sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where we as Christians come down is that we're not talking about a right here. We're talking about a life. And so and we know what scripture says about the value of, of life, not because we place value on it, but because God places value on life. And so we're involved in that racial injustice, the same thing. We're not, our perspective isn't from a, a legal or a constitutional one as it is from a, the Bible reminds us over and over that none of us is to look down on the other or to consider ourselves more highly mm-hmm. than someone else. You know, don't we all, you know, the prophet said, don't we all have one father? Uh, you know, we, the Bible is about unifying, about humanity, recognizing we are all created in God's image and his likeness. And so we come, we come at a lot of these social issues and we are to address them, but from a gospel standpoint rather than a political one. Yeah. Yeah. So not for political power or priority, but for the sake of truth and justice, for human flourishing, and ultimately our biggest goal should be for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that the glory, the glory of God calls us to be involved in these things, um, because we know from Psalm eighty nine fourteen and other places, but there it says, "Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne." Talking about God, steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. So these are. The reason we should love justice and pursue justice is because God is just, and He's called us to image Him. That's good. And and I would just what I would throw in is remember that when you're speaking into those issues, I believe Peter's admonition to us: do it with gentleness and respect. Absolutely. Because a lot of times we say, "Well, I'm going to speak into it and tell them just how." ridiculous they are for things. Well, that's not that's not the approach mm-hmm. to take. Uh, 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And so I would just encourage us, yes, speak into issues. Uh, a few years ago, I got to do the Bible study up at the state capitol, and, and you have an opportunity right there I may not ever bring up particular issues in the Bible study, but by sharing truths from Scripture, you're speaking into those issues that those guys are and men and women are going to be dealing with. So absolutely. Yeah. And I'd say one last thing. We, as a people of God, we need to be examples of the idea that just because somebody disagrees with me does mm-hmm. not mean they're my enemy. Right, that's you a know, good word. We need to, we need to be just the shining lights of how we can 
how we can interact with folks who may not agree with our viewpoints or even with our gospel message, but we still have this mandate to show the love of God to them, uh, to treat them with the respect that they deserve, not because of what they believe or what because we believe, because God created them. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, I think the manner in which we address social issues may even be more important or as important as what we share into those That's issues. Good. Yeah, and the, because it's that way in the time that we live in right now, I think as we actually live like that and and it's it has the potential to knock people off balance in a good way. Mm-hmm. In other words, like they expect us to be really hateful or or mean spirited or something like that. And then when they see that we're not backing down from what we're saying, we we really do strongly believe and we st- strongly disagree, but we still want good things for them. We still are happy to help them in many many ways. That's right. And also, now living here in America, and especially in the Bible Belt of America, we're going to tend to involve ourselves or address or confront people who have some knowledge of Scripture. They've got they've had encounters with the Bible with the church before, but around the world, that's often not the case. Mm-hmm. And so, very well, sometimes you may be engaging people on some very difficult social issues with a with a gospel with a message that they've never they've never encountered they've never heard before mm-hmm. so uh, you know just bearing in mind that that person's not my enemy they're someone for whom Christ died we believe we're sharing and we should make sure that what we're sharing is is out of the god is out of the bible and uh, and share it with truth and grace yeah let me read one last scripture for this, and then we'll go to the next question. Psalm fourteen thirty one says, "Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him." So it just reminds us that in all of this, the way we're helping others, pursuing justice for others, is ultimately not even just because of our care for them, but is our honor for their maker, who is also our maker. Um, so. Okay, that's good. Now, here's here's the issue that we're going to have to face right now. We've only got about five minutes left, <laughs> and this last question is a big one. Yeah, it has to do with. Go ahead and read it okay. because it may be we just need to give a preview for the next episode. Okay, here we go. Question is: What can we learn from the elements and layout of the Old Testament tabernacle and temple? In 25 words or less. <laughs> and so, J- Daniel, seriously, I think I would I would hold this one because we need to open our okay. next episode with that. What, what do you guys think about that? Sounds great. We can do yeah, it. Yeah, because... Listeners, we had a plan today to uh, start with the first one being a little bit shorter, <laughs> working up to a little bit more, and then the third one was going to be... I mean, we were going to have plenty of time... <laughs> But it didn't work out that way today, folks. <laughs> Shocker. I mean, it is shocking. That Who'd have ever thought you put three preachers in front of three microphones and you'd run out of time? <laughs> yeah, stranger things. And so here, here's a question. I would love, because it is a three questions podcast, mm-hmm. so I, I would love to kind of do a follow-up question on, on, uh, on the first one that we talked about. Uh, Which was uh, about tribulation. Pre, mid, post. Tribulation, pre, mid, post, and all that. All right. 
what do you believe about the study of those those scriptures and, and revelation and the amount of time we spend and let's think help folks think through how should we approach those topics mm-hmm. yeah no i think that's uh so one thing i would say is just because it's in the scripture we have to pay attention to it we we can't uh push it to the side or anything like that and i'm i'm actually talking to myself <laughs> when i'm saying that because the no doubt about it this is my weakest point of theology um and the, but i can't just ignore it i have to still pay attention to it god put it there for a reason all that being said to me, and I know I already used the word earlier, it does seem like he left it foggy and he could have done it any other, he could have given it very clearly. And so to me, that says that everything that he, we need to know, he did include. There's a lot of details he did not include. I would agree with that. I think that's right. I mean, especially when, biblically, when you compare the clarity of Genesis 1, even though it's brief, but it's clear, 24 hours, day and night, you know, the evening and the morning was a day, and then there were six days, seventh day there were rest. And then from that point on, we get genealogies, you know, uh, you know, Adam lived so many years and he begat Seth, and, you know, and Seth lived so many years, and he, and, and I mean, we, the Jewish calendar dates this year at 55,783 because you can follow those dates all the way back, and that's where they would say that was the year that, that God created was 5,783 years ago. So there's a great clarity of that. But then when you get to the other end of the spectrum, how things are going to come to the to the final conclusion, which is also part of God's plan that he set in motion from creation, mm-hmm. he doesn't give us that clarity. In fact, he absolutely assures us, no matter how much you study, it's going to surprise you when it comes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to know. You're not, and it's not ours to know. It's not possible for us to know. That's correct. Exact timing. Now, to, to understand it, to do our best, because it is in Scripture, we should. We should study. We should look at it, but not to the exclusion of other things. We as Christians have historically done that in the past, focused on you know, a, a great deal of study of the New Testament to the exclusion of the study of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And usually after you've been through the New Testament many, many times, then you start realizing, oh, well, if I study the Old Testament, then I really understand the New Testament better. Mm. And so I think it's kind of one of those things. The, it, the last chapters... Of, of the scripture can be best understood when we really understand all the preceding chapters before that. Yeah, that's good. And, and I would just add, boy, we, we can, we can have revelation down as pad as, as much as possible and still miss out on, and above all this, put on love, mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. care of people, mm-hmm. uh, let your gentleness be known to all, honor one another, outdo one another in zeal. Uh, and, and so, yes, let's study it to be aware of it. But boy, let's make sure that we're sharing Christ with people and demonstrating yeah. Christ to yeah. people. 
what would we say? And I know we just have a couple of seconds left would be just the two or three things that are the things we need to know from what God has told us about the way things will come to a conclusion. He is physically, bodily returning to the earth. That's clear. That's clear. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, to, with express purpose of tabernacling, once again dwelling with, with his, us, with his, with people. his people. It will happen. But the other thing I think we have to recognize is there is a very clear distinction between those who will be with him for mm-hmm. eternity and those who will not. Yeah. Uh, there is that real, very clear line, and that line is Jesus. So I would say that's number two. Mm-hmm. He's bodily returning, physically returning. Number two, there is a distinction between those who will be with him for eternity and those who will not. That's clear from Revelation. Mm-hmm. Number three, Christ will have the final victory. Mm-hmm. Satan will be bound. It, it's and, not up for grabs. That's right. That's right. So I would say that would be a third one. Yeah. This is this isn't a you know shoot out at the okay corral where one side might win the other side. This this is already determined who wins. Yeah. And so we that's a that's a a comforting thought for those of us who know Christ. It should be a terrifying thought for those who do not. All those things are clear. Man, that's good. Okay. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys, wherever you are listening to this. Thanks for making the time. Jeremy Johnson, thanks for producing this podcast as the crowd goes wild. Thank you. And uh, and if you do like the podcast, if it's helpful, please know you can, you can subscribe, you can rate, you can share, and maybe that helps someone else. And until next time, remember, the God of the Bible is never surprised or offended by our honest questions.